Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a terrific job. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Michael Cannon, the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is October the 26th, and on this day in 1825, the Erie Canal opened, connecting the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean via the Hudson River. Governor DeWitt Clinton of New York, the driving force behind the project, led the opening ceremonies and rode the canal boat Seneca Chief from Buffalo, New York, to New York City. Work began on the waterway in 1817. Teams of oxen plowed the ground, but for the most part, the work was done by immigrants, among them Irish diggers who had, they had to rely on primitive tools. They were paid $10 a month, and barrels of whiskey were placed along the canal route as encouragement. West of Troy, 83 canal locks were built uh, to accommodate the more than 500-foot rise in elevation. After more than two years of digging, the 363-mile Erie Canal from Albany to Buffalo was opened on October the 26th, 1825, by Governor Clinton. The effect of the canal was immediate and dramatic. Settlers poured into western New York, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Goods were transported at one-tenth of the previous fee in less than half the time. Barges of farm produce, produce and uh, raw materials traveled east as manufactured goods and supplies flowed west. In nine years, Tolls had been paid back the cost of construction. Later enlarged and deepened, the canal survived competition from the railroads in the latter part of the 19th century. Today, the Erie Canal is mostly used by pleasure boaters, but is still capable of accommodating heavy barges. Talk about creative destruction. I mean, they, they just think of what this did back in the day in 1825, and, and only 60 years later, the pretty much uh, the railroads put them out of business. Uh, just amazing that they think that, uh, you know, they could travel uh, 300 miles and uh, create so much value. Think of what they did when they created the railroad and connected it from coast to coast. Amazing. The GOP-led House voted Wednesday to elect Representative Mike Johnson, Speaker of after three weeks without a chamber leader, according to a final vote tally. Johnson, a Louisiana Republican, is the fourth candidate to win the Speaker nomination after the ousting of former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on October the 3rd. Johnson, vice chair of the House GOP conference, lost to House Committee uh, Majority Whip Tom Emmer, on Tuesday, but Emmer eventually dropped out due to opposition from 26 Republicans, which had been enough to sink his ascension to the speakership of the House floor. Former President Donald Trump, well, really sank his, his uh, ship when he came out against Emmer's nomination after the GOP conference vote. Johnson won on Tuesday night with 128 votes. He needed 217 to win the speakership on the House floor. On the House floor Wednesday ahead of the vote, Representative Pete Aguiar a uh, Democrat from uh, California, criticized Johnson for supporting the efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election in certain states. 
Here's what Trump said. Getting back to Congress, we think Mike Johnson is going to do really well. He's popular. He's smart. He's sharp. He's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be a fantastic speaker, said Trump. And well before he secured the GOP nomination for House Speaker, he did play a role in the uh, efforts by then that President Donald Trump and his allies to overturn Biden's electoral victory in 2020 election. Johnson, who currently serves as the GOP caucus vice chair and is ally of Trump, uh, led the amicus brief signed by more than 100 House Republicans to support of a Texas lawsuit seeking to invalidate the 2020 election results in four swing states, won by Biden, that would be Georgia, Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Uh, and the lawsuit filed by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, a Republican, called for the Supreme Court to delay the electoral vote in the four states in order for investigations on voting issues to continue amid Trump's refusal to concede his loss. It alleged that the four states changed voting rules without their legislature's expressed approval before the 2020 election. These concerns were valid. There's no question. Unfortunately, the court didn't intervene on behalf of those who signed the amicus brief. Uh, they should have, and the consequences, we now have the illegitimate President uh, Biden in office. Supporters of closing the U.S.-Mexico border to illegal crossings and finally finishing the wall are rallying behind the latest House Republican choice to be Speaker Mike Johnson. Johnson is not only strong on border security, but he's also twice introduced legislation to help prevent fraud and abuse in the asylum system, said Andrew Arthur, a former immigration judge. So the uh, more I find out about Mike Johnson, the more I like him. I think he's going to be a great speaker. Governor Ron DeSantis and State University System Chancellor Ray Rodriguez have ordered uh, universities to dismantle various student chapters that have been aligned with support for Hamas, Hamas terrorism after deadly attacks on Jews in Israel. <clears throat> Rodriguez uh, wrote to university presidents that at least two chapters under the body known as National Students for Justice in Palestine must immediately be terminated because of the national organization saying members are part of this movement against Israel, referring to Hamas attacks. It's a, it's a felony under Florida law to knowingly provide material support to a designated foreign terrorist organization. So there's legal justification for closing these chapters. And congratulations Again, to DeSantis for being proactive about all, all this. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security officials must assume that hundreds of Iranian-funded and directed terrorist operatives within Hamas, Hezbollah, and civil groups are in the United States and can carry out lethal attacks across this country as soon as Iran gives them the green light, according to witnesses testifying in the October 25th House Committee on Homeland Security. Committee Chairman uh, Representative Mark Green asked former Ambassador Nathan Sales, what guarantees do we have that Hamas and other Iranian-backed terrorists aren't more among the more than 1.7 million illegal immigrant gotaways that have crossed the southern border since 2021? I don't have any guarantees, Mr. Chairman. I think we have to assume the worst, Mr. Sales replied. We know that Iranian-linked terrorists have been found in the United States. Not reassuring. Of course, uh, I think we probably knew this was happening. Uh, just by the virtue of what's happening at the southern border, people are able to cross freely. We don't know who's coming in. And there's Chinese and uh, terrorists and all kinds of people that can come in because nothing is, no one is being vetted, unfortunately. Um, so uh, we're kind of set up ourselves right now for uh, some real problems in the future.
On another note, federal paperwork requirements required by President Joe Biden's expanding regulations cost taxpayers and companies over 10 billion hours a year, the equivalent of 15,000 human lifetimes of work, sleep, and play, and everything in between, according to a news agency report. The financial cost is just as bad, $163.2 billion, the Office of Management Budget said. That's the cost of federal paperwork for all the regulations that get in the way of uh, our economy, created by the Biden administration. A growing number of Americans are falling behind on their car payments. An ominous sign uh, for the U.S. economy is high auto prices and stubborn inflation strain household budgets. Car repossessions tumbled in the early days of the pandemic as the government sent trillions in stimulus money to American homes and businesses, but repossessions have progressively ticked higher as sky-high prices for used and new cars alike forced consumers to take out bigger loans. In September, the percentage of auto buyers who were at least 60 days late on their bills rose to 6.11%, according to Fitch Ratings. That marks the highest default level in nearly three decades in a uh, notable increase from the previous record of 5.93% in January. So another indication that uh, right now that Bidenomics is not working for the middle class. And of course, uh, one other factor, under Biden, the dream of home ownership is becoming an impossible dream for many in the middle class. Worse yet, young families that can't afford a new home can only buy a house that is half the price tag of homes that were within their financial reach just three years ago. When Trump left office, the typical family could afford to buy a home valued at $725,000. Now the same medium income family can only afford a house priced at $365,000, that according to NBC News analysis. The monthly payment on a 30-year mortgage has ballooned from $1,403 in 2020 20 to $2,441 now. That means over the life of a mortgage, the extra interest payments due to the higher interest rates under Biden will exceed $300,000. Unbelievable. Here's another depressing way to look at how the Biden has wrecked the housing affordability. The median income home buyer can't afford to buy a median value home. The major culprit is the escalating uh, uh, escalation of mortgage interest rates from a low of 2.68% in the Trumps last year to 7.8% some 32 months later. Something has to give here. Either housing values are going to plummet or home ownership rates in America are going to continue to tank. But if you listen to Biden talk about the economy, you'd think these were the days of wine and roses for the middle class. Well, as we've certainly seen in the previous stories here, that's just not the case. Oh, and, and one other issue. The 2023 federal budget deficit surged by 23% to $1.7 trillion, leaving the U.S. in the deepest yearly fiscal hole outside of COVID era, according to the Treasury Department. But a close look uh, reveals that financial picture is even worse than the headlines numbers suggest. The Treasury recorded the uh, Biden administration's more than about $300 billion student loan forgiveness program as a cost last year, but it was struck down by the Supreme Court and never took effect, resulting in the Treasury considering it a savings this year. That means the year-over-year increase effectively doubled from $1 trillion to $2 trillion in 2023. What happened? More than 40% of the deficit increase was due to lower tax revenues, 
while the government forked over $659 billion in interest payments, nearly doubling over the past two years. And that's just not the end of the story because we know that right now uh, Treasury bills and notes are coming due and they're going to be refinanced at a higher interest rate. With the government shutdown looming next month and a gridlocked House unable to pass legislation, the country's worsening finances could make federal funding negotiations even tenser. However, but financial help is still possible for allies, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the United States could absolutely afford President Biden's proposed $100 billion in emergency spending that includes military and aid to Ukraine and Israel, citing declining inflation lower and a low 3.8% unemployment rate. That is unbelievable. She is our Treasury Secretary, and she makes that kind of a nonsensical statement. Well, the Biden administration's campaign to convince Americans to get a COVID shot is off to a very slow start. Even so, the nation's top disease-fighting officials say the U.S. remains on track to hit last year's uptake levels, which crested at just 17% of the U.S. population. So far, 12 million, or about 3.6% of the population, have gotten a shot in the last five weeks since they hit the pharmacy shelves. Though reporting lags uh, means that it's uh, likely a bit higher uh, for the Center of Disease Control uh, and Prevention Director, uh, Mandy Cohen, said. So uh, hopefully people are getting the story here that uh, yesterday just uh, we, we announced that the uh, batches of COVID uh, shots were uh, contaminated. And uh, we know now that there are heart problems for people that uh, uh, take the shot. So my sense is should be very, very careful about making a decision to take the shot. I certainly wouldn't take the government's word for it. Make sure you do your own investigation. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center is now serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and the menu is just terrific. It's informal, inexpensive, and great value. Uh, the uh, grouper is just fantastic. So uh, t- think about dropping by Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, again, Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 uh, p.m., uh, coming up, we'll be visiting with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Sure. Uh, well, Florida Citizens Alliance is a grassroots organization that uh, uh, that has grown uh, really uh, significantly over the last few years. Uh, we now have over uh, 260,000 people. Uh, Floridians in our active database. Uh, we focus on K through 12 education. Um, we're constantly fighting for, um, you know, parental rights, school choice options, and uh, stopping the indoctrination that are in our that's in our public schools. And we have some great solutions. So we worked on all fronts, uh, all of these fronts to help kids get a better education. It's so true, Keith. Right now, uh, the Florida has the number one public school system in the nation. And I would attribute a lot of the growth and improvement being to the Florida Citizens Alliance. It's only been around about 10 or 11 years, and yet uh, you've had great traction and influence with the Commission of Education, with the governor's office, as well as the legislature. So congratulations on everything you've accomplished. Well, thank you. Uh, We have a great team, and uh, we certainly uh, work hard. So uh, we have the uh, special session coming up for the uh, legislature uh, coming up on um, November the 6th. And uh, considering everything we just discussed, I wonder if you'd uh, comment on uh, what's going to be happening. Yeah, there's not a lot of detail yet uh, about what's going to be covered other than they've announced that they're going to be um, doing three major things. One, um, sanctions against Iran, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to continue to try to tackle the, the, the uh, really high insurance rates. Uh, no, no details on that. This will be the second special session that tries to address that. Remember, they had one back, um, you know, I think it was in June. Yeah. Uh, uh, it may have been late May. And then uh, the other interesting one that does have an impact on education, you know, they passed the school choice bill, House Bill 1, 
And part of that was the Family Empowerment Scholarship for Unique Abilities, uh, kids with, with disabilities. Uh, they tripled the availability of that when they passed, uh, the funding for that when they passed it uh, last spring. Uh, but it's now got a waiting list. And so uh, the governor's announced that they're going to put some more money into that equation for unique abilities. So that's interesting. And when you think about what's going on, and I don't have specific numbers because I haven't seen anything formal, but I'm hearing that, uh, that we have uh, about a half million uh, kids now that have applied for the various scholarships. And uh, it's kind of a tangential, but I think uh, certainly related to aspect. I just saw last week that uh, Sarasota County put a high, school board put a hiring freeze in place because they've lost so many kids to the to these uh, school choice bills. So uh, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, and we're going to see that happening across uh, uh, multiple counties, uh, even here in Collier County. And, of course, they don't recognize that. They're still building uh, and, and taxing us as if there's, there's no end in sight. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how all that unfolds. So, Keith, uh, half a million students are applying for these scholarships right now. That's, that's about double what it was last year, isn't it? That's my understanding, yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, we've always known that, uh, you know, there are a lot of families upset with what's going on in the public school system. And and now that uh, the House Bill 1 gives each one of them, it averages about 7,500 bucks per per student uh, for for you you to take your child out of government school and send them to either a private school or uh, uh, there's... 20,000 slots in this first year for homeschool families. Uh, I, I would uh, comment immediately, though, that if you take the money as a homeschool family, you no longer operate under homeschool law. You now operate under under what's called the Education Savings Account Law, which means you have to take government tests and get your portfolio for your child approved by step-up. So Sounds like there's anytime, still some work to do. <laughs> yeah, anytime you get money from the government, it always comes with... Uh, what we call shackles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Keith, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, 500,000 students, how many students are enrolled in uh, Florida public schools? Do you happen to know off the top of your head? Yeah, the last number I saw uh, was about, uh, we have about 3 million students in total, and uh, 400,000 of those were enrolled in private schools. So it's well over 2.5 million. And that number, of course, is going down with this new... uh, House Bill 1, so I don't know the, the current Yeah, answer. that is just fantastic. Have, making a bigger and bigger dent in the uh, monopoly of uh, public schools and the uh, teachers' union. So uh, uh, making a big difference, Keith, I think it's going to require uh, and uh, cause school boards to start taking a look at uh, the education they're providing to public uh, public school st- uh, students. Well, that's uh, I, I couldn't agree more, and that's the economic theory, right? All boats rise in the rising tide of competition. So the theory is if you put enough competition in place on these government schools, they'll they'll get back to basics. Uh, frankly, I'm not so convinced because of the influence of the unions. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Absolutely. And, and if they don't, if they don't get back to the basics, then they'll just keep losing students till they go out of business, which is not a bad thing in my mind either. Uh, Not at all. So, Keith, uh, your organization, needless to say, you don't get government funding. It's uh, very much dependent upon uh, the, uh, well, the the support of the public. And you've got a big gala coming up next March. Maybe you can tell us about it. Right. It's our fifth gala. Um, It's going to be at the Ritz on the the beach. Um, 
they've uh, totally revamped after Hurricane Ian. And uh, our keynote speakers, we actually have two, um, Dinesh D'Souza. Wow. Uh, and he just has uh, a new uh, documentary out called The Police State. Uh, it's actually previewing online. Um, you, uh, you can go to his website. We'll be putting it up on ours and preview it um, uh, in, uh, on um, you know, online uh, this Friday. The, the, I think it's the 27th, if I've got my dates right. And, uh, and, and so he'll be our keynote speaker along with uh, somebody m- most of your listeners might not recognize immediately. His name is Kanye Boyack. Uh, he's the founder of, uh, uh, of uh, Libertas Institute, which is a free market think tank. But he's also the founder of Tuttle Twins, which uh, is what most many parents and grandparents recognize as amazing um, uh, books uh, on, on you know, everything from civics to, to uh, uh, economics, etc. cetera, uh, for young kids. Uh-huh. And they're extremely well done. So uh, the two of them are going to be our keynote speakers. Uh, we have um, uh, up until December 1st, uh, we have... Uh, an opportunity for people to buy tickets and lock in pre-inflation rates. Uh, all of the vendors that uh, we work with have taken their prices up, but the Ritz in particular has raised its prices about 30%. Wow. So we're providing uh, our, our list, you know, people who are willing to, uh, to buy their tickets early an opportunity to actually buy tickets a little bit less than last year's gala uh, up until December 1st. And then after December 1st, uh, they're going to go up significantly. So, uh, we're encouraging people to jump in now. Our website is goflca.org. Goflca.org. Take a look at uh, getting tickets for the gala on uh, is it October or uh, uh, March the twelfth? Thirteenth. March the thirteenth, and uh, make a contribution to the Florida Citizens Alliance. They do great work. Keith, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Bob. You and your listeners have a great week and weekend. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, Michael Cannon. He is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up. Uh, visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with the uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. Thank you, Michael. I understand that there's some significance to health care of the last Nobel Prize awarded for economics. That's right. So the uh, the Nobel Committee awarded the, the Nobel Prize in Economics to a female economist named Claudia Golden. And uh, her work, I think, intersects with health policy in some interesting ways. One of the reasons she got the Nobel Prize was because of her contributions to understanding uh, women's uh, educational and economic outcomes. She had a paper back in uh, an economics journal in 2002 that showed that when the FDA approved oral contraceptives in the United States in 1960, that enabled women to uh, delay marriage, to invest time in education, and it helped to improve their educational outcomes and their economic outcomes, helping them to achieve greater economic equality or come closer to achieving economic equality with men. And that was all because of a technology that uh, is you know now almost ubiquitous, but back then was unheard of, and uh, and that began in 1960 when the FDA approved the pill. What I think is so interesting about her work is that it highlights that the FDA's uh, when the FDA delays the approval of new medications, it affects not just health outcomes but all sorts of outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we usually talk about when the when the FDA delays the approval of a beneficial medication, uh, it causes people to keep suffering from uh, whatever disease that that pill treat that that medication treats, and it can cause uh, if they delay it, it can cause unnecessary suffering and death. Here, delaying the approval of the pill and all sorts of other obstacles to the to oral contraceptives that the FDA has put in the way has actually held back women's equality by making it harder for them to, as we say, delay marriage and invest in education. So I'll make this observation. It's off topic, and I apologize for this, but uh, also the FDA can rush to a decision to approve something that should be approved. I would reference the vaccines for uh, COVID 
I mean, we've discovered uh, just recently now they've been contaminated with uh, material that could actually uh, cause cancer. We also know that uh, there's problems with uh, the approval of the vaccine that has uh, created problems with heart heart problems that, that can be permanent in many cases. So uh, the FDA needs to be more consistent and uh, responsible in what they're doing. So the, uh, I would uh, push back by saying that the fact that the uh, FDA approved drugs that had harmful effects is not evidence that the FDA should not have approved that drug. Mm. I start from the presumption, Bob, and I think you do too, that uh, uh, the most important right we have when it comes to our health care is the right to make our own health decisions. Yes. When the FDA blocks a drug from the market, be it a COVID vaccine or oral contraceptives, the FDA is standing in the way of people exercising that right. The FDA is making people's health care decisions for them and uh, it, that's not a legitimate function of government. So even if that uh, drug has some harmful effects, I think the FDA is, the FDA is wrong to block people from, from, uh, from accessing it. Uh, and that's not to say that we don't need some uh, mechanisms in place to measure uh, the harmful effects of drugs and inform consumers about them and even take some drugs off the market. We do. And... Uh, I believe we talked last time I was here about my new book. The, the title is Recovery, A Guide to Reforming the U.S. Health Sector. In that book, I talk about better mechanisms than the FDA for making those determinations and encouraging uh, manufacturers to take those drugs off the market. And, and uh, I think that the research that Claudia Golden did uh, adds to the body of evidence showing that when the FDA has that power, uh, the the harms vastly outweigh the benefits. You know, I would agree with what you're saying. Uh, the only thing I would uh, take exception with is the FDA seems to, when they say they approved the uh, vaccine, uh, they made false claims about its effic- efficacy. And uh, it turned out that it wasn't uh, everything pr- as promoted and uh, suggested by the FDA or the CDC. So any certifier can do that. I mean, these are human beings who are going to be providing safety and efficacy certification for medications. And the best we could do, unfortunately, I don't have a cure for human nature. I yeah. don't have a cure <laughs> for, for human frailty. Uh, but uh, I do have a pretty good safeguard against it, which is competition. So that if one certifier is you know, too cozy with the industry and you just don't trust them anymore, uh, that creates an opportunity for other certifiers to... Enter the market to earn your trust by being more critical. Yeah, I mean there are people there are people who want the FDA to be even more uh, skeptical of drugs, demand even more evidence, approve far fewer drugs than they do right now. Yeah, and in a in a market system where you have competing certifiers, I want those folks to start their own agency uh, that that certifies drug safety and efficacy, because I will care about what they say. I want to hear what they say, because then if they say a drug is safe and effective, if it passes their tests, then I have even more assurance. Well, you know what? And I agree with what you just said. In fact, uh, right now when our, uh, uh, surgeon general here in the state of Florida makes a claim, uh, Ladapo, Dr. Uh, Ladapo, I would, I totally listen to him. I am very skeptical about what the FDA or the CDC has to say about anything. 
And uh, that's what you get with Monopoly. Yeah. The FDA has a monopoly right now over drug safety and efficacy certification in the United States, at least for the initial indication of a drug. Uh, and when, whenever you get monopoly, you get the same thing. You get a high-cost, low-quality product. And so, that's exactly what the FDA is delivering. Yeah. And I, I should mention, you know, part of the funny uh, uh, or part of the history of the uh, FDA's relationship with oral contraceptives and denying women the right to, 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 to choose these medications is everyone likes to say the FDA approved the first oral contraceptive in the United States in 1960. That's actually not true. In 1957, the FDA approved the pill to... Hello, Michael. I think I just lost Michael. Well, in any event, I hope you get a copy of his book, Recovery. Uh, it's, uh, I forgot to, to mention that earlier in the show that he just released a new book. And I think you can go to uh, Cato.org, C-A-T-O dot org, uh, to get a copy of the book. And uh, needless to say, Michael is a great guest here on the show, and I just really appreciate his commentary. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty 
personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, you know it's always my pleasure, whether it's early or late on Thursday, we're here. <laughs> Unless I'm out of town, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I just genuinely appreciate uh, your being with us because I always appreciate your candid feedback on what's happening here locally. Let's start off. We've got some elections coming up. I believe, it, I believe it's in February in the, in the city of Naples. Yeah, it's, it's actually March because of the presidential primary this year. Ah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it gives the candidates a little bit of extra time there to, to prepare and uh, us to watch the show of whatever is going on. So, um, yeah, already, um, you know, it started already, Bob. I, I always hope that, um, that it would go back to the old days in the early elections when, when we had what was called the Tiger Bay club. I don't know if you remember that or not, uh, where the candidates would all meet at, I think it was the Elks club or one of those clubs, Moose Lodge. And, uh, they would have a, a head to head, um, uh, whoever was running for for whatever position, uh, their opponents would uh, would have two minutes. They would have two or three minutes, and it was uh, no holds barred. It was something to see back then. Uh-huh. Um, you, you you didn't have to be too careful about what you said, and you could just say what you thought. And you know, uh, it was those were fun days. People, a lot of people showed up. They enjoyed it. Um, today, things just seem to be a lot different. So, uh, listen, I, I got a question for you before I say anything. Um, did they get a new Speaker of the House? We have a new Speaker of the House, uh, Johnson, Speaker Johnson. Right. And uh, I, the more I learn about it, the more impressed I am. I think he's a great choice. What do you think? Uh, I, that's just it. I don't know. I, I had only heard a little bit. Uh, I was out last night, and well, I guess or when they made that decision yesterday, and then I got bits and pieces of it. But I figured if anybody would have an expert opinion on it, it would be you. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'll catch up today on him. And thank gosh they did that, Bob. Absolutely. I mean, about time. Well, I mean, um, it's not, you know, I don't think it was a concession. I don't think it was like the um, a, 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 a or choice. I think it was a great choice. I didn't know that much about him. And it turns out that he's really an outstanding. I mean, he's a constitutional scholar. He's a... He a young guy, fifty-one years of age, young by wow. our standards, anyhow, and uh, very smart, very conservative, uh, very religious. So I, I just really think uh, we've got a great, uh, a great choice at Speaker Johnson. Good. Well, that that's nice to know because they have a lot of work to do. Yes, they do. <laughs> Indeed. So spe- speaking of which, though, uh, uh, the candidates, who, who is lined up to, d- has okay. uh, has the current mayor of Naples declared that she wants to run again? You, you know, you know, that's it. She, she tells people, um, uh, one person she'll say, yes, uh, yeah, I'm going to run. The next person she'll say, well, I'm not sure yet. And, uh, um, but uh, it, 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 to me, it looks like she will, unless something deters her. And I think something might very well come along to deter her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that uh, uh, Ted Blankenship announced um, uh, about a week ago, and uh, you'll find this interesting, um, as will the listeners, I'm sure. So he had a, um, he had a little uh, to-do at Baker Park, and uh, Alfie Oaks... Um, uh, and and a, a bunch of Alfie followers were at Baker Park, and Alfie even spoke for Ted and said that, you know, this, the country is, you know, we're losing the country, and we've got the county back, and now we've got to get the city back. 
and uh, a whole bunch of, of, of mumbo jumbo. And uh, uh, so Ted has announced, and uh, the, the funniest thing in the world, Bob, was that there were some people there. We, we didn't know anybody. I didn't. I wasn't there, but there were a few people that I knew that were there that told me that said that when it came time for Ted to answer some questions, some of the questions were, well, when are we going to get some uh, water lines in uh, such and such an address? And all the questions were people that were there that lived in the county. So, <laughs> so I don't know uh, 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 who his audience is going to be or who his supporters are going to be, but it isn't going to be those people, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, it probably <laughs> showed up because of Alfie. Alfie's kind of a kingmaker. You know, he's very well, popular. of course, of course, Bob, and that's the thing. He's, he got, for some reason, he got Ted, and uh, I candidly... Uh, because that's what I'm doing these days is giving candid opinions. I'm not running for anything. I'm done with politics. Which is one of the reasons I love having you on the show, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I want until I get thrown off. <laughs> Candidly speaking, I would, I, would, um, I would say to you that, Ted, um, I, I personally think he's made a mistake. I mean, he's a, very, he's a nice young man. He has not finished his first term in city council. Um, he, he, he does not know the things that one has to know about mayor. And I, I would just say not even what a mayor has to do. Uh, and he votes with Heitman more than, uh, more than, than anybody else. Uh, uh, I don't mean more than anybody else, but he votes, votes with Heitman a lot. Yeah. And so now he's going to run against her. I mean, we know Gary is solid. And I know that Gary Price is, uh, has um, got his, his people together, um, they're diligently working. Um, they're going to get a lot of their materials ready. But whatever Gary is going to say during this next couple of months, uh, you can take to the bank because he's got the experience. He's uh, he's just a super guy, and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to get him elected. There's no two ways about it. But who knows? Yeah. Like I said, going back with Ted, he, he I just I just think he's making a big mistake. He could finish up his his council term. He could get another four years under his belt. I don't think he'd have a problem getting reelected. And uh, then if he wanted to run for mayor, depending on who was mayor and what was going on, he could do that. But no, he's, he's, uh, uh, Alfie's, Alfie's got him uh, with, his, uh, with his group. And um, we'll just have to, we'll have to watch that week by week or month by month and see what happens. Yeah, you know, uh, for our listeners' benefit, uh, Gary Price is currently city council member. And I must say, I've been to city council meetings, and when Gary speaks, everybody pencils down, everybody listens carefully to what he has to say. He has great influence. He has great wisdom. I don't know Ted Blankenship from any—I I can't make a comment, but I, I would say uh, in, in, you can't make a mistake with Gary Price as mayor of Naples. No. And and I'll leave you I'll I'll leave you with this. Um, uh, my understanding, and I spoke to him yesterday. Uh, Coach Bill Kramer from Naples High School uh, is going to announce for city council uh, next week, and uh, he's another be another wonderful wonderful candidate. He's been around here. There isn't any parent uh, that's had a child that goes to Naples High School over the years, okay, or for that matter, any of the any of the high schools. Uh, that doesn't know who Bill Kramer is. He's right. an outstanding citizen and uh, 
just a stand-up guy, and so he'll be a wonderful city council candidate. I've had him on the show many times, and I'm so impressed with him. So I, 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 Good. I just wish him all the best. I hope he does a great job. By the way, we, you don't have districts in the city, do you? You just run at no, large. No, no. It's, it's nonpartisan, no districts. Uh, and although they had thought it, uh, that had come up a couple of times over the years, and it was just like, no, I'm not, not doing that. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, but, uh, I think it, 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 it will be a um, it will be an interesting uh, campaign um, uh, again with Heitman. I don't know whether she will or she won't. Um, and uh, we'll find out, I'm sure. Absolutely. Again, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, maybe the greatest mayor that ever lived, not only in Naples, <laughs> but in the galaxy. <laughs> Bill, Never just... got paid for that. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You as well. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Here in the uh, Blue Provence commercial, uh, Blue Provence uh, did not, the sale did not go through. The uh, Cario family is going to keep it in the family. Uh, the Hoffman family decided not to buy uh, Blue Provence. I don't know a lot of the details, but I do know that it's one of my favorite restaurants. We're going to go there in the night, actually, and enjoy wonderful cuisine at Blue Provence. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at uh, Johnson's Air Conditioning, also the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics, they know the policy, I proudly serve on their board, and they prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website. The FGA.org. The FGA.org. 
Well, you may have heard by now that a gunman armed with an AR-15-style rifle in Lewiston, Maine, has shot dead multiple people and injured up to 60 more across the three separate locations, sparking a massive manhunt across the state. Police sources uh, said that the 16 were dead and 50 to 60 were injured. The toll's not confirmed, but Maine's hospital confirmed that they're declaring a mass casualty event. A photo issued by the sheriffs showed that a man with an AR-15-style rifle and a laser optic entering the Spare Time Recreation Center wearing black combat trousers and a brown top. It's a pretty clear picture of him. Certainly, I think they've identified who he is. His face is clearly visible. The neighboring city of Auburn has also been placed on lockdown. Officials say the death toll is expected to rise with a suspect at large as of this writing late on Wednesday evening. In fact, I think they've now said that this guy is a, uh, uh, a, a marksman as well as uh, he teaches, uh, has shooting classes or apparently. So we're li- finding out more about him, but I don't know what created his rage, but this is just an awful, awful thing. Well, Ford Motor Company and the United Auto Workers said Wednesday night they've reached an historic tentative agreement to end the 41-day strike targeting selected plants at the Dearborn uh, automaker. The agreement includes a 25% increase, a wage base increase through uh, April 2028 will raise the top wages by over 30% to more than than $40 an hour and raise starting wages by 68% to to over $28 an hour over the life of the contract. The United Auto Workers said that in a news release announcing in the deal, also included are cost of living adjustments and a reduction in the time for new workers to reach the top wage scale from eight years to three years. So this is a pretty sweet deal for uh, Ford Motor Company and for the auto workers. I wonder now, of course, they've still got a couple of companies to deal with, Chrysler and uh, uh, and uh, what's the other company I've forgotten now, but it doesn't matter. Point being is that uh, this is now going to be a precedent for dealing with other uh, uh, automakers, and uh, we'll see how this all works out. But a uh, sweet deal for auto workers. And, of course, a lot of this is created because of inflation. It creates the, the uh, backdrop for uh, negotiating these types of contracts. Well, the Washington, D.C. Superior Court has issued a criminal summons to New York City Democrat Representative Jamal Bowman on the charge of falsely pulling a fire alarm. Now, remember, he's the guy that said when he pulled the fire alarm, he said he thought would open the door, which is, of course, he was a high school principal uh, before coming coming into Congress. So that was a bald-faced lie. The summons orders Bowman Bowman to uh, appear before the court on October the 26th at 9.30 a.m. on the charge of a false fire alarm. Bowman's office stated on Wednesday that he had reached a deal with the D.C. Attorney General in which he would pay a $1,000 fine and write an apology to Capitol Police in exchange for the district withdrawing the charge in three months, The Hill reported. Now, this is in juxtaposition to what happened to the January 6th uh, people. Many of them going to year, uh, jail for years. And uh, this guy did something. He really did interrupt uh, the proceedings of uh, Congress. And the consequence, a $1,000 fine, and they'll forget the whole thing in a couple of months. Can you believe it? He says, I'm thankful for the quick resolution from the District of Columbia Attorney General's office on this issue and grateful that the United States Capitol Police Council's office and I agreed not to obstruct nor attend intend to obstruct any House vote or proceedings, he said. That's exactly what he did it because he wanted to obstruct what he considered an important vote that he didn't want to go through.
Anyhow, I'm responsible for activating a fire alarm. I'll be paying the fine issued and look forward to these charges being ultimately dropped. Again, dual system of justice. It's really a shame. Well, over the weekend, you may have heard that an off-duty pilot allegedly tried to shut off the engines of Alaska Airline plane traveling to San Francisco. The pilot was riding in the cockpit jump seat, not rare for off-duty pilots who are commuting home or on another shift. The flight crew removed the man from the cockpit and subdued him until the flight carrying 80 passengers was diverted and landed in Portland, Oregon. The man now faces 83 counts of attempted murder and reckless endangerment. The off-duty pilot accused of trying to bring down the Alaska Airlines flight told investigators he had not slept for 40 hours and believed he was having a nervous breakdown and also admitted to the use of psychedelic mushrooms, according to a federal complaint filed Tuesday. The FBI is investigating whether the off-duty pilot Joseph Emerson, 44, age 44, of California, was under the influence when he tried to shut down the plane's engines while sitting in the cockpit of Sunday's flight from Everett, Washington, to San Francisco. Emerson denied uh, to investigators they had taken any medications before getting on the flight, but spoke about becoming depressed six months ago and said it was his first time taking mushrooms, the complaint said. Can you imagine that? Shutting off the engines? Alaska Airlines? Unbelievable. Well, uh, oil giant Chevron Corporation announced it will purchase Hess Corporation in a $53 billion all-stock deal, or $171 a share, marking the second oil deal this month. The acquisition will expand Chevron's assets, and incorporating a significant oil field in Guyana and shale properties in North Dakota Balkan Formation. Oil prices have risen this year, hovering around $90 a barrel for the last two months. With the acquisition, Chevron gains access to Hess's 30% stake in Guyana's estimated 11 billion, uh, billion barrels of oil and gas reserves. The country is expected to become the world's fourth largest oil, offshore oil producer, anticipated to reach 1.2 million barrels of production daily by 2027. Chevron will also gain 465,000 net acres in the Balkan Reserve formation. Hess CEO John Hess is expected to join Chevron Board of Directors. The deal comes less than a month after ExxonMobil's nearly $60 billion transaction to acquire Pioneer Natural Resources. To me, this is just really great news because what it means is these oil companies now are uh, deciding, probably making a decision about what the future is going to have for uh, carbon-based fuels. And I think they're seeing a, a brighter and brighter outlook as we see uh, the important or the attraction for electric vehicles diminishing. So uh, to me, this is just very encouraging information. Well, this is a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. I hope you'll tune in tomorrow. We've got some great guests, including William Yateman. He's the senior legal fellow with the Cato Inst- or with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Megan Rose is the CEO of Better Together. Ishmael Hernandez is the CEO and founder of the Freedom and Virtue Institute. He'll be joining us as well as the former as well as Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books. So we've got a great show lined up for you tomorrow, and I hope you'll join us. 
Uh, always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. BobHarden at Hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, I hope you'll tell your friends. It's one of the ways we build our listenership and support our advertisers and can't do the show without them. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.